0: Three, two, one. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is Commissioner Cooper, and it's time for TSS Fantasy.
2: Fantasy. is going to Yeah! Boom! TSS Fantasy! Ooh. Yeah! TSS Fantasy! And you, and you just got playing That's
3: right, ladies and gentlemen.
2: It is Commissioner Cooper, and it's time for TSS Fantasy. And you just got planned
4: it. That's way...
5: Yeah!
3: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is Commissioner Cooper, and it's time for TSS Fantasy. Yeah!
4: Let's go! This is the start of the season. I'm ready for fantasy stuff. Let's go.
3: Let's go. The Kool-Aid man's fired like, up tonight, because we got a busy show. We got... Real fantasy experts in a building tonight. Howard Howard and Ian are here. They are going to school us a little bit tonight. That's why we themed it this week, a little bit of school, because we're going to talk dynasty fantasy football, and I couldn't be more excited. Let's get the introduction started. Welcome into the studio, Fred the Jester Reyes. Welcome in, sir.
4: Hello everyone. It's, it's for me, it's the start of football season, four weeks before the you know the, the real start of the season. It's fantasy time. Let's go. I'm excited. Let's do this.
3: All right, awesome. And then awesome,
2: also welcome into the studio, Nick.
3: You got Flander
2: Macaronis. Yep, it's about to get real, ladies and gentlemen. Uh and you know what's really real? Is our rankings on TSSFantasy.com. Go to TSSFantasy.com. Not now, after the show. Check out our rankings. Okay? Check out our rankings after you check out our rankings. Go over to Knights of the Roundtable. Read the article set up there by Greg O. J. Mayer. All right, he's got his insights and what he thinks is gonna happen during the season, especially with certain teams and certain players. And then ch- click on our merchan- our merchandise, excuse me, check on our merchandise. Then then that way you'll be walking the street looking fresh
3: hey all right he's working on his intro apparently all right also don't forget on tssfantasy.com you can also check out the um show on your fantasy league as well i think justin's still working his way in here are you are you ready now welcome into the studio justin jesus herrera
2: yeah yeah just a little uh technical difficulties on my part it's gonna be a little slow but uh you guys are kind of used to that by now but anyways got a new background The fantasy show of the people, TSS, school's back in session. It's Dynasty Week, and I am pumped.
3: Let's go. He's pumped and, of course, a little slow, as always. All right. Also, don't forget, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Why? Because we have a jersey for you. It is signed. It is by a Hall of Famer, Leroy Butler, who came to visit us during our summer vacation, came by during our Packers show, left us a signed jersey just for you. Just hit subscribe. It's all you got to do. Boom, you got it. And you get all of our great info, too. I mean, all of our great shows. I mean, that's the best part. Also, don't forget as well, Underdog Fantasy. As we mentioned, it's getting that time. Hit Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code TSS. Why? We're going to double that deposit up to $100. And we're going to have great prizes this year, including Gatorland tickets, and Miami Dolphin home game tickets. I mean, experiences. We got it all for
2: you. Nick, why do we do all these things? Because we can and because we are the fantasy show of the, the people. people. The fantasy. Now you got to see this in slow motion. The
3: people. I know, you guys. I, I've already in our group chat explained how to do this intro. We got to still work on it a little bit. It's all right. We got time. We Nick got time. For the you gotta, you're missing your cues a little bit. That's all right. All right. So the summer vacation's over. Doc will be with us on Friday because we do got some injuries to talk about. However, tonight in the news, obviously, Deshaun Watson making his big big way around the league. Let's bring in our legal eagle and the uh, intro she made all herself.
4: Those who will not live by the law shall die
1: by the law. Your Honor, may I approach the bench, please? Mary. I did not make
3: that intro. <laughs> Mary J. Cooper Esquire loves her intro. She made herself. We appreciate it. We appreciate you being here. Obviously, um, Deshaun Watson and the big making the big news. We've been talking about this since the last summer. I'm sure yes. you're tired of hearing, of hearing me talk about it. But we're here to talk about it amongst the fans tonight, amongst the people, because some news came out, finally, some juicy stuff. Uh, So give me what your take is on the judge ruling that you received today.
1: Well, um, I looked at the ruling from the Honorable Sue Robinson, who's the retired judge that was hired by the NFL. And um, I thought it was really well written. um, And I thought that it was completely on point um there are some things and we talked about it before i mean we've been talking about this for like a year i feel like i'm pretty invested in this case at this point i've, I've reviewed the discovery <laughs> that was available to me and you know um ultimately i don't um i i feel like this was perfectly written. Um, she ultimately, as everyone is aware, suspended him six games, but she also mandated that he is not allowed to get any massages anywhere outside of the team facility. So, um, this to stop him from, you know, any pattern of problems that's going to come back on the league, um, which I think was smart. Um, but you know, ultimately, her findings were really good. Um, the standard that the NFL had to put forward was just the preponderance of the evidence. Um, so more more probable than not, more likely than not. Um, and ultimately, you know, what what they brought in was um, she evaluated the credibility of the cases that were put before her. Now, we all know that there were twenty five you know, accusers, Um, but she really only looked at four and the ones that she looked at only massaged him once. So didn't sign up for future treatment, you know, um, after um, any incident Um, that he contacted them on Instagram, that he specifically told them he didn't care about their resume or their qualifications, that he asked for um, a location that was private and not a professional setting um, that he, ed- he did um, advise them of his status as an NFL player and the injury that he was looking to get massaged. Um, ultimately, her findings were that based on those factors, um, she felt that it was more probable than not. However, she did put some really strong language in here that probably if you're not an attorney, you're not really paying a lot of attention to. Um, but basically what she's saying is, because this is unprecedented, because this hasn't happened before, this is a, a new, oh. novel issue that the NFL is going through right now. This is not specifically outlined in the in the in the conduct policy, right? So she's kind of weighing options. But basically, what she's saying is, you know, six games for a violent, um, you know, contact on another person without their consent. And she felt that that was appropriate. And the reason she felt it was appropriate is because she warned the NFL in this order that you can't go punishing someone. She said, like, for example, the Ray Rice situation happened. He got um, two game suspension. And then afterwards, the league immediately changed the policy, but they didn't change it and apply it to him. Right. Because that would be like, what we call it in the legal term is ex post facto. So let's say um, you're driving down the road. Nick Macarenus is driving to his school and he starts moving his chair backwards and forwards while he's driving. Not illegal, right? We can all agree that's not illegal. But let's say he does that. He gets pulled over. They're like, we're arresting you for this. And the next day they put into a law that you can't move your seat up and back because that constitutes reckless driving. Let's just say they do that. It would be unfair to punish Nick Macarenas for something that wasn't illegal when he did it, right? So she, she basically talks about ex post facto in this opinion in a roundabout way and says that, like, based on what I have in front of me, I can't suspend him further than what you have written out in this. And she also puts forth that it would not be fair, just like for Nick, it wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be fair for Deshaun to be punished any more harshly because this is not specifically delineated in the code of conduct policy. So I thought it was really well written um, other than the six game suspension and the, you know, um, forcing him to get massages only at NFL facility um, with NFL facility trainers. I thought that was smart. Um, And I really, based on her wording in this, I really don't think the NFL is going to go back on it. Obviously, everyone knows, I've talked about this before, everyone has three days to appeal her decision. Um, so the NFL has three days. The NFLPA said they won't be appealing it, and Deshaun isn't going to be appealing it. So it really is all going to come down to the NFL, and I don't think they're going to do it, because you hired this judge, and telling her, okay, well, I'm, I I see what you're saying, but I'm going to go above you, I think would be a slap in the face to her, because she is correct, and I do think that they should just stick with the six. And you know what? If you want to prohibit this from happening again and you want a one year suspension on someone else who might do this, then put that in the code of conduct and make it fair.
3: Wow, that's great. I mean, so my next question was really into that was, you know, do you think the NFL um, will uh, will appeal? But, you know, you kind of answered it right there. So um, listen, I'd be we're-
1: surprised if they did.
3: Well, we're going to hear a lot more, I'm sure, this week. I'm sure a lot of stuff more. So if it's all right with you, I mean, I know you're busy. and I, mean, I uh, guess. And on retainer, but maybe on Friday we'll have you come back in, and we'll come back in and wrap this up a little bit more. Yeah, before.
1: I mean, I think at that point we might know if they did file something, right? Exactly.
3: So, so hopefully we'll okay. get a big update, and we'll, we'll talk about it then. Well, Miss Mary Jane Cooper Esquire, we appreciate you for joining us, and we'll see you Friday. Bye. We're going to bring our guest in now, Howard and Ian. Welcome, my friends. Let's bring them in.
0: Ian,
3: welcome in. We'll go you first, my brother. Welcome into the studio. We appreciate you joining us tonight.
6: Great day. it be great, guys. Appreciate you having me. August 1st, training camp in full swing. We got football this week. How about that?
3: Oof, I'm ready to run through a wall. I'm excited. Let's get it. Howard, welcome into the studio, my brother.
5: What's going on, guys? Thanks so much for having me, man. I'm super pumped, right? I mean, I'm a little more than a month away. We're going. Yeah,
3: yeah man. It's starting to get hot indeed. After more mention, I did want to mention, too, we, you know, before we got off the news, Chase Claypool hurting his shoulder. We're going to talk about the doc a little bit more on that injury on Friday. We know Ryan Jensen, unfortunately, seems to be gone for the year for the Bucks And James Watson today uh, looks like carted off the field, which would be potentially big news as well. So we're going to talk about that on Friday. But tonight we are talking dynasty. And I'm just going to be real with you guys. Listen, I've been playing fantasy a long time. And our league, you know, some of the guys that are here in this room, I've been in the, our, our league for you know over twenty plus years. We've tried to vote at Dynasty for a million, a million every year, and it always gets shut down. Quite frankly, so Dynasty was kind of new to me um, a couple years ago, and we just started really kind of getting to understanding the verbiage, like what's a taxi, what does taxi play, what does that mean. So these are some of the things that we kind of brought you guys in tonight. want to talk about that a little bit and talk about different strategies. So I'm going to kick it first to you, Ian. As far as Dynasty is concerned, and just kick it with the first question to you: Is there a different strategy you take? Some Something that you like to do versus a redraft or any other type of draft when it comes to dynasty strategies.
6: Yeah, just in general, you know, I think any draft strategy, just don't don't be a hero. Don't go into any draft just, you know, expecting to execute your perfect zero RB strategy or hero RB or whatever the hell you've heard the most recently. Not that there's anything wrong with any of those strategies, but let the draft come to you, man. And that's just kind of what allows you to take the value where it goes and just being knowledgeable enough to hopefully know, like, hey, I need a quarterback at this point. So know the rules, know the scoring settings. And again, what I mean by like don't be a hero, as someone that's entered – Like a super flex dynasty league, and said, Hey, I'll get a quarterback later. You guys know how that ends up, you know, once you get into round five or six, even uh, gets uh, pretty rough pretty fast. So, tight end premium, just really, again, basic stuff, but just knowing your scoring settings, you know, just. Don't be afraid to take the guy around around ADP in the first couple rounds. You have plenty of time to go get your guys later. Go heavy wide receiver over running back might be common sense. If it's not, good. Now we know because, as we all know here, wide receiver lifetime, you know, just tends to be so much longer and productive than running back. And I just think our ability to realize talent at wide receiver, you know, over just opportunity, which we see just kind of be the be-all, end-all running back tends to lend that position more positively towards dynasty. And then finally, don't be afraid to stack, you know, in best ball and redraft formats as well, sometimes uh it doesn't make sense to draft to stack guys. Why should I draft Tony Pollard if I'm taking Ezekiel Elliott in round three or four? Now I'm implying that my third or fourth round pick is going to have something go terribly wrong this year for Tony Pollard to work out. But in Dynasty, you know, having the Cowboys backfield for five plus years, that actually is something that's now not necessarily dooming you year to year. And I think can give you a lot of advantage. So those would be my main three. Don't be a hero, heavy wide receiver, and don't be afraid to stack uh, a little bit more non-conventionally. Okay. Yeah, and listen,
3: it, it's okay for you to get common sense stuff in here, bro, because I'm going to be honest with you. That happened to me last year. I was in some one of those charity auction leagues, whatever you want to call it, I'm in this thing. It's a super flex. And, you know, like you said, you know, I'm going in a normal. Okay, I'll wait on my quarterback. And all of a sudden I'm seeing all these quarterbacks go. I'm like, why? I don't. Oh, you could put them in the other flex. That's what that means. So it's funny. You know, just some of the basic stuff that you just kind of miss sometimes. Crazy. Um, Howard, how about you, my friend? Any uh, type of strategy you use in Dynasty versus any other type of leagues or, you know, genre that you get into?
5: Well, I could echo everything that Ian just said there, and then I'll also add to it. Um, don't overrate the rookies in dy- when you're if you're doing a startup dynasty draft. Don't bump the rookies up significantly, you know. In order to uh, Ian said, you know, maybe around ADP wise, but you know, a lot of times I just see people passing up on you know just good solid talent that's going to help you right now, even next year possibly. Um, as well in favor of, you know, whoever the flavor of the week is, you know. And I think, you know, Ian makes a great point here when he says, you know, he talks about handcuffing Tony Pollard to, uh, to, to Ezekiel Elliott. You're not investing in the players. You're investing in the team system. And that's what's most important. So if you're sitting there and you're doing a dynasty draft and it's a startup dynasty and you grab yourself, you know, Austin Eckler, Well then, you know what? You're going to help yourself even more in dynasty if you don't know, around that seventh, eighth round, or whenever you feel that the need to take them, you grab Isaiah Spiller because it doesn't matter whether Eckler goes or not. You're in a dynasty, and so some of the, sometimes the picks that you're making, you're playing for the long game, right? So if Eckler stays healthy all year long and Spiller's just got a minor role, fine, that's great. But the Chargers aren't switching coaches unless something absolutely catastrophic happens, and so you're investing in that, you know, that system. Spiller is the running back of the future for the team. So really want to assess certain things like that. You know, teams that are, you know, flipping coaches on the regular, uh, you know, I kind of we- you know, I-, I worry about those teams and I worry about the rookies from those teams because you don't know what's going to happen from year to year. Forget year to year data for the most part in the NFL. You've got too much coaching movement, player movement, that everybody's in a new offensive scheme, you know, the way it is. So invest in that system as opposed to the player.
3: Yeah, no, great advice indeed. I mean, it's almost you can kinda of equate it to Monopoly. I mean, if we're talking running backs, you know, maybe Kareem Cunt and Nick Chubb are your park place and boardwalk. I don't know where you put Pollard and Zeke, maybe Marvin Gardens, something like that. I'm not sure, but um, but you know, anyway, but you know, just like Ian to Ian's point, you know, it's not a bad idea to invest into, you know, a whole backfield, because then you know, you have basically like you said, you have that system. Um, And and you're straight. You're really good to go. Let's go on. We're going to talk about now, talking about Dynasty, let's talk about positional rankings, positional guys, who you guys like in Dynasty. We're going to start with the QBs first. Ian, give me a guy that you're really high on this year, in particular in Dynasty leagues.
6: One guy I think that has a lot of room to rise is Jameis Winston. Right now looking at uh, Fantasy Pros, Dynasty ADP, see him going off as the QB 23. And, you know, after he got that year off, and hey, he got beat out by Tom Brady, you know, Tom Brady took his job. I don't think there's that much uh, shame in that. And he goes to New Orleans Saints and he backs up Drew Brees. I mean, if we're going to talk about losing your job to two guys, those are two pretty good guys to have that happen to. And even though we didn't see him for that long last year, man, he did a great job limiting his turnovers relative. To Jameis, you know, he's always gonna have a little bit of that uh you know Jameis in him, but 17th in PFL's turnover worthy play rate metric, second in big time throw rate, and you know, we saw that Packers game, we saw the couple of splash performances. Now they were the most run-heavy offense in the league in neutral situations with Jameis under center, but you know, we were hyping up Marquez Callaway for a month. That's the type of guys he was throwing so to <laughs> at that point. Now we got a seemingly healthy Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, who they traded up to get, and Jarvis Landry, who Okay, maybe he's played his best years. Maybe not. Either way, if he's the three, I mean, we can live with that. Tight ends, we got Troutman and whatever the hell Taysom Hill can provide. Seems like Alvin Kamara is going to be here after his trial got pushed back again. I just think this Saints team, you know, even without Sean Payton, you know, for them to just continue to kind of keep their sense of continuity they've had during the last decade. Uh, If Jameis has a great year and all of a sudden he gets the sort of contract that you know he wasn't that far away from getting a Tampa Bay. I just think he's someone that could quickly, you know, be much higher, you know, near that Matthew Stafford range. That's great. Great
3: take, Howard. How about you, my friend? Give me a QB you're high on this year.
5: A QB that I'm high on this year, I mean, outside of that 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 top tier group. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. I uh when when I was looking at your uh at your show sheet, I kind of stuck to the rookies uh here just in the sense you know, talking about overplaying rookies and stuff like that so I was like ah rookie sleeper rookie you know that I want so I kind of stuck in that range there but you know so I'll just I'll I'll start with there and I'll kind of maneuver it around because there are a lot of guys who I who I I absolutely dig and you know even a guy like Trey Lance is somebody who I can throw out there he's not necessarily a sleeper um because everybody's in on him but how about that how about Trevor Lawrence can we talk just I'll go Trevor Lawrence right I'll make that that pivot right now um Listen, I give him a, a complete wash for for last year. I, I'm sorry. The Urban Meyer experiment was just absolutely atrocious. All right. Doug Peterson comes in. He installs a legitimate NFL scheme. Uh, we know what, what they want to do with Trevor Lawrence. They know they want to get the passing uh, over to Travis Etienne. They want that that number one receiver to be able to stretch the field deep and go across the, uh, the middle there with the uh, high percentage pass plays, uh, and that's Christian Kirk. They get him this this new system, right? He's got, you know, all right, maybe Evan Engram doesn't drop a million passes, but that's what they got Dan Arnold there for also. I'm just looking at Trevor Lawrence right now, whose ADP is like super low, and he's got what he, he should have, a nice supportive ground game. He's got a good system for him to play in. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is being undersold based off of last year when nobody was good then
3: yeah no good call i mean definitely uh i mean i would definitely categorize trevor lawrence as a sleeper at this point for sure but like you said you know if he comes out any adp from where he is now coming you know coming anywhere above that right now is definitely good um to say the least and definitely like you said horrible season last year under urban meyer and why not it was chaotic uh to say the least when your kicker's getting kicked in the leg i mean that's what. That's what. That's what uh, speaks volumes for your leadership at that point. All right, let's go to Nick. I'm going to go to you on this one. Give me the QB
2: you are
3: in love with, sir.
2: Uh, I'm again. I am swallowing my words from last season. The guy I like is Joe Burrow. Okay, this is going to be Joe Burrow's third year. He just came out of the Super Bowl. All right. Uh, last year, weeks one to four, he was ranked seventeen. Five to nine, he was seven. Then he hit the skids 10 to 14. He was ranked 21, 15 to 18. What was his best weeks? He was ranked five and overall he was quarterback number eight. Um, again, I think he's coming into his, his own. He's getting very comfortable with, with the league. He's actually catching up to the speed of the league right now. He's going to have Jamar chase for his second year. Joe Mixon's finally getting healthy. Joe Mixon's not, uh, not going out every, every third play. And uh, and he's, he's got a great supporting cast. Um, his defense needs to pick it up a little more. But overall, I would go out and get Joe Burrow. I think he's going to have a great season. Nick, digging deep for Joe Burrow on
3: that one. All right, Ian, I'm going to go to you, sir. Give me the guy. Let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Give me a guy you don't like.
6: In Dynasty, I would be very careful about holding on to Jalen Hurts uh, for that. Much longer right now going as a top eight quarterback. And I get it when he's out there, he is a top eight quarterback. We saw that last season and we've seen it with plenty of guys. Man, when Taysom Hill was a freaking quarterback, like who knows where the ball is going, but we can lock him in as a QB one and fantasy because that sweet, sweet rushing. They brought in AJ Brown. Maybe it helped turn around the passing game. What if it doesn't? Because this team is locked and loaded to win now. And as we've seen more and more of this quarterback movement around the league, man, it just seems like it could be, you know, one day where they just go out and they try to fetch one of these big names on the market. You know, they were heavy seemingly in the Deshaun Watson talks. I know they didn't make the final round, but Russell Wilson there, like they were. It it was, you know, now that we're on August 1st, it's easy to look at Jalen Hurts as the Eagles QB1. There was a large portion of this offseason where, you know, not a lot of people were quite as sold on that. I think you look at their last season with Nick Sirianni, his first year there, and the first six, seven weeks of the year, they tried to throw the ball. They actually did so at a top 10 rate, and they were Really bad. Jalen Hurts put up some decent fantasy numbers, but it was not a success. They had two wins and five losses. They become the most run heavy team in the league by far, and they make the playoffs. But it's one of these things where, you know, hey, credit to the 2021 Eagles for making the playoffs. But at the end of the day, during that stretch, they beat the Lions, the Broncos, Saints, Jets, Washington twice, and the Giants less so an indictment less so of an indictment necessarily on those teams but more so on those horrendous offenses those were the teams that you could run the ball against play good defense and win against I'm not sure what's going to happen if Jalen Hurst in this passing game sputter a lot in the first eight weeks you know I don't think Gardner Minshew is necessarily going to take over like some people but what I do think could happen is if they underachieve this year the front office who's never been afraid to go after a quarterback. They got Jalen Hurts as a second-round pick when they already had Carson Wentz signed down uh, for a long-term in the first place. Obviously, that didn't work out, but I just think that uh, of all guys, Jalen Hurts, like, he is... One off season away from potentially just being in a really rough spot because these are the type of quarterbacks that we don't necessarily see get the benefit of the doubt from a bunch of teams given you know their free reign and the system that fits their talents. So, hey, I it's less of an indictment again against Jalen Hurst and what he can maybe do versus what his opportunity is going to be in the next year.
3: Man, Ian Nick was over there squeezing his stress ball the entire time, and what's fun is no, yeah, oh, it really he- wasn't. Awesome. He's gonna be the judge on the game coming up, so you might have dug your grave, Howard. What say you, my friend? Give me someone you don't like.
5: Yeah, I gotta be honest with you. I'm I'm really down on Kyler Murray, and it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that there was a clause in his contract about you know him mm-hmm. having to like spend certain amount of time studying film and things like that. Um, I will say that I think it you know the fact that they specifically said that they've removed that because he got all bent out of shape because the internet destroyed him on that whole thing I I, I feel like that kind of you know mental makeup that you need to you know remove that clause uh, word got out oh no so so what right but apparently you know Kyler's a, a little on the sensitive side but the fact is is listen rushing quarterbacks they always stop running uh, at some point at some point the team wants them to stop running you know you don't want to take you know, as much risk. And we saw it with Kyler Murray with the shoulder injury uh, a couple of seasons ago, right? All of a sudden he just stopped running. Everyone's like, well, what's he doing? If he doesn't run, he really doesn't have um, as great a numbers in in the passing realm that, that you would really want for a QB one, especially somebody to build your dynasty team around. So, you know, I kind of look at, at that aspect of, of Murray and say, you know, listen, if if he is going to be limited running and he's not really, you know, killing it. You know, with with these like regular three hundred yard games that you you know you need or want from a guy who doesn't run at all. I, I just think that you know I am gonna I'm not gonna pay that tax on Kyler Murray when so many people overrate him. Uh, I am happy to if if it comes down to that at that point in a draft, I'd rather you know just invest in like a, like a Dak Prescott or something like that, a guy who I know isn't gonna run. I don't expect him to
0: run.
3: Yeah, good take indeed. Listen at TSS Fantasy we give you the in-depth of in-depth. So that's why I'm going to go to my next guy to give me... He dug deep. My other guy dug deep for somebody he hates. So give me the guy, Fred, that you're not high on this year. Can't wait for this one.
4: It's Mac Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, listen, man. They have... I I don't see him repeating last year's performance. He was a decent quarterback. It was just... I just don't see it. I, I, I mean... I, I, I can't pick him in dynasty. I don't care how young he is. I don't care who he plays for. You know what? You know what really turned me off. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's the it's the, it's the surrounding receivers. You know, you got Kendrick Bourne and Aguilar. Fine, they're okay. I, they're not really that good. But when you have the Miami Dolphins trade a wide receiver within the division to the New England Patriots, what does that say about Devontae Parker? <laughs> That's shit, man. <laughs> so that Mac Jones no is not gonna have a good season. I would never take him. Dynasty, regular fantasy, nothing. That's my
3: take, man. Like I said, love the in-depth way you guys that's really, it. really think you about guys it. Dug deep. I can't wait for the rest of the positions. All right, <laughs> let's go on to let's go on to our sleepers. Right, we want to get the guys that we're not quite sure. Nobody's really heard of or whatever. and Don't think that's gonna have that great season. Ian, what say you? Give me a sleeper that you like in uh, dynasty.
6: Someone that's absolutely free at the end of drafts, basically, that'll get you at least a year or two of starting is Carson Wentz right now, QB 34. Dynasty ADP apparently coming off the worst twenty-seven touchdown to seven interception season of all time. I get it, touchdown to INT ratio isn't the be-all end-all of quarterback stats, but you know how many times is it always Carson Wentz's fault? You know when Paris Campbell drops a bomb on fourth and season against the Jaguars, we never hear about that. Jonathan Taylor's a hero until he gets held under a hundred yards against the Jaguars. Like it's always um Wentz and Colt Brass. I spent the entire offseason telling us about it, and I don't know. I like Michael Pittman. Who else was he throwing to last season? You know, even T Y Hilton's corpse could barely stay healthy for even half the year. So now he's in a Washington offense, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson. I think he has a good chance to be a boomer bust QB too. like, Top 20 quarterback, and he's going outside the top 30. So, in no way am I trying to be the Carson Wentz guy, but even in best ball drafts throughout the summer, he is available in the very last round of the draft. I think America has a very hard time dealing with like a quarterback that's like top 20, top 25. Like, if they're not top 10 or 12, they just suck. So, Carson Wentz, you know, I'm old enough to have seen him play at an MVP level. And even in bad seasons, he's still been an okay enough fantasy quarterback just from, you know, picking up counting stats and stuff uh, in bad time so heard a trevor lawrence call out earlier like hey maybe he does have another uh tier to get up there at least we've seen carson once put up decent fancy numbers on terrible teams like there are a lot of quarterbacks that can't even do that so just be careful again about completely writing off someone that hey has still thrown you know 140 touchdowns ever since he came in the league well thanks ian i can't get the ty zombie out of my head now
5: howard <laughs> what say you my friend give me a sleeper you like well, I was actually going to say Sam Howell, the third stringer for Washington, because it's only a matter of time before Wentz and Heineke show that they're just not capable. But no, yeah. um, I was actually, I was looking at, you know what? You, you could accuse me of being a homer here at some point, but Zach Wilson's a guy who is also free in drafts, right? Let's Nobody's go. taking him. And, and what I like is, is that, you know, saleh has got this, this, uh, the, you know, the coaching staff is in there. They're rock solid. Joe Douglas is a big fan of what they're doing and how they're building this team. They're all building this team together, right? So you've got LaFleur as the OC, you got Saleh as the head coach and, uh, Joe, you know, and, and Joe Douglas is doing just outstanding things as a GM. They're giving Wilson the weaponry that he needs to succeed. They've got a great scheme in place. They're giving him wide receivers. He's got, you know, Garrett Wilson. They're bringing you know, Corey Davis will be back. I'm not a big fan of Corey Davis, but, you know, whatever. You know, Elijah Moore is definitely a a, a rock-solid guy. They bring him a pass-catching tight end uh, to develop with in the future. And then, of course, let's not forget, you know, you got Brees Hall there, right? So you've got a running back who's, you know, liable to just take over there as the, uh, as the every down back. So, you know, Zach Wilson's got all of these tools around him, If they can really, if they can pull this off here, I mean, you want to talk about like a free QB2 or a super flex option there. You know, Zach Wilson, to me, is a guy who can actually, you know, he can develop game in, game out.
3: I was going to go to Fred, but nah, I love I this know.
5: guy. <laughs> <laughs> I already knew what
3: Fred was going to say. Justin, this was your time to chime in. I was trying to get everyone in. in. I know you're having internet tr- trouble, but he's actually your sleeper, too, ironically enough. So you want to chime in on, on it, Justin? <laughs> Okay, maybe not. I'll I'll just chime in on my side and we'll just let you know. My sleeper is Tua, of course. I mean, look, we got America's team with Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, nothing but speed, Gasecki. this tough running game coming in. I like Tua's chances this year to actually do something in Fantasy, not just talking regular NFL wise. I think he's got a uh, got a chance to put up some big points. I've talked about it all offseason because you know, of course, it's oh two of this, two of that. Listen, I'm I'm about five eight. Um, you know, I'm got a little gut on me at this point, and I probably could get behind a line and throw three thousand yards with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle there as my receivers. It's not that hard. I, I I can assure you. All right, not that I would know anything about it. All right, let's take a quick break. <laughs> When we get back, we're going to have our guests play a fun game. A first time in 2022, we're going to play champs or chumps. And tonight I added a little bonus that the winner gets two tickets to our sponsor from Gatorland Orlando. So whenever you get your butts down here, you got two tickets to, to Gatorland. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back.
6: Hayden, we love fantasy football. We do? It's a fantastic game yet, still not perfect. Like, I hate leaving high-scoring players on my bench. The worst, man. In fact, hate it even more when I put injured players and they're in my starting lineup. Can't have that. And I need a life. The waivers, the trades, every single week, it grinds on me. So, we at Underdog Fantasy want to make fantasy football easier for everyone out there. It's called Best Ball, and we set your optimal lineup for you each and every week. You can do it all year long. We have drafts going all the way from February to week one of the NFL season. What are you waiting for? Use our awesome early sign-up offer. To get a little extra something on that first deposit and that first time you play on Underdog Fantasy.
4: One time for the underdog. One time for the underdog. <laughs>
3: All right, Howard and Ian, I know you tune in TSS all off-season, off so I'm sure you already know how this game goes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, basically, what we're going to do is a buy or sell segment. So that's essentially what Champs or Chumps is. Champs is when you buy, Chumps is when you're selling. Our friend Nick here is our judge tonight, so he will judge our winner and said loser. With all that entail... Let's get it on. It's time for champs or chumps.
0: Uh, Let's get ready to rumble.
3: thick do you think I am? I mean, I know I've never stood up around you, but uh, I'm like, no, really? oh, I've done that. So like, like, and only because Caleb looks like he's in Grandma's kitchen, I'm gonna give this one to Mike. So, Caleb, for just right now... Hey,
5: man, just wanna let you know that sometimes you gotta shut the fuck up. Jason, okay. that's not how you treat guests, bro. Hey, <laughs> Dude,
3: It's champs or chumps brought to you by Gatorland Orlando. It's about to get it on tonight. Nick, you're the judge tonight. And for round one, we have Javanta Williams. And Howard, you are champing, you are buying, and Ian, you are chumping. So, Howard, we'll start with you, sir. Give me the ching-up argument for Javonta Williams.
5: Oh, I love Javonta Williams this year. You guys should too. Listen, this whole talk of them re-signing Melvin Gordon and, uh, and and another 50-50 split, not even close to happening. Nathaniel Hackett's in right now. He brings in Luke Getze as, uh, as his offensive coordinator. The key factor of what they're going to do with this offensive scheme is that they're switching to an outside zone running scheme. They might even... Uh, line up in a little bit of wide zone as well. And basically all that does is that pushes the running back to the outside In a wide zone. He, you know, he can do a cutback and and jump to the inside Uh, in a regular outside zone scheme. He just needs to go out there and beat the, uh, the edge rusher uh, and turn that corner. That is Javante Williams game. That is not Melvin Gordon's game. I'm not saying they're not going to do regular, you know, inside, you know, work, Right, But they're not going to champion that. And you're looking at probably about a 65-35 split in favor of Javante Williams, which, I mean, let's face it. When you're looking at a number of running back situations throughout the NFL, 65-35 in a, in a, in a potentially you know, up-tempo, high-volume, uh, high prolific scheme like they're going to try to run there with Russell Wilson and the, uh, and the rest of the Broncos. I am in on Javante Williams. I am not afraid of Melvin Gordon at all. Bye, 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 especially in dynasty.
3: And give me the chump argument, sir.
6: 65-35 sounds good to me. Last year is 5148. Nathaniel Hackett's really good at not giving Aaron Jones the future workload we all think he deserves. I mean, that's been split up between him and A.J. Dillon, and Jamal Williams over the last two years. It just seems like the classic situation that we hype up all offseason, hoping for one thing to happen. And then week one comes along and guess who's splitting work again? Javante and Melvin Gordon, who, let's face it, I, you know, I, PFF. I, I, I love my employer. We have some awesome advanced metrics. Javante Williams, yards after contact, his missed tackles forced. Borderline erotic stuff, guys. Melvin Gordon averaged more yards per carry and more more yards per reception than Javante Williams last year. This is not like Tony Pollard, Zeke. Like, Melvin Gordon's really freaking good. For the last five years, he's had over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. The one year he didn't was 900 yards and nine touchdowns when he got suspended for four games. So, Javante Williams, is new hot thing on the block, but Melvin Gordon's not going away. Now, 2023 and beyond, it is a small short-term deal. I'm, you know, not sitting here telling you never to pick up Javante Williams and dynasty or anything like that. But I think this year, the disparity between the two, far too big. And Gordon now scored him last year. It's a, it's an awful big leap of faith what we're taking with Javante Williams right now. Nick, who you got for round
2: one? You know, they, make, they both made very compelling arguments, uh, brought up the uh, data. But you know what? I'm I'm more on the side of, of Howard on this because the fact that uh, Gordon is on the wrong side of 30 right now. And Williams is going to be around, especially for, for – Are we comparing the
6: two one-up? No shit. Javante wins straight up. But, like, come on, like, argument-wise, what are we doing here? Of course I'm Why, not going to win you, with Melvin Gordon. You quoted numbers
5: from last year with a different coach. I have to root for Melvin Gordon. We should be talking about who had the better pitch here. Vanilla, disgusting, vomitous play caller. Can't design a scheme. What's The Next topic. I have like the RB40?
6: That's what we're doing? Okay.
3: The judge has spoken. And Howard, it takes round one. Let's go into round two. I'm going to Play- Gatorland. Playoffs. Playoff playoff, <laughs> Not Lenny. yet, you not. Playoff <laughs> Lenny Fournette. Let's go with the champ side with Ian. Chump side with Howard. Ian, we'll start with you. Give me the champ argument for Lenny Fournette.
6: Top five running back last year in fantasy points per game. Tom Brady's his quarterback. They paid him over $20 million. Only Christian McCaffrey caught more receptions per game. Um, Is there someone that's going to outscore him here? Like, I I don't know how I lose this here, guys. Like, it's Leonard freaking Fournette. He weighed 10 extra pounds than we thought he did a week ago. When Derek Henry weighed 260-plus pounds, we all said it was cool. When Leonard Fournette did, we were like, oh, no, Lenny's too fat, and we had all these jokes to make. So, yeah, I've seen Rashad White's PFF receiving grade. He's fine. We also saw Keyshawn Vaughn get picked higher than – Freaking Rashad White did and continues to have like what 60 touches in two years of action. So I know everyone comes out and shows me the Raz score and how much of a sure thing prospect Rashad White is compared to Keyshawn Vaughn and how that was just a dumb pick. But end of the day, money talks. Leonard Fournette can handle a three down workload. Byron Leffler should have been willing to give it to him.
3: Mm, big argument
5: there. Howard, give me the chump for Lenny Fournette i mean i could i could have verbally retweeted everything that ian had said i loved leonard fournette i really did right i mean i brady doesn't want to throw the ball you know 70 times a game right i mean come on he doesn't want to have to do that he wants to hand it off so i was like okay the whole story about lenny fournette being fat dude when he tweeted out that picture of his head photoshopped onto some fat dude's body i like i wet myself and said not only do i want to draft Leonard Fournette but I want to party with this dude, right? I just want to hang out with him because he's obviously funny. And then Ryan Jensen went down. Mm. And now you're looking now at three-fifths of that offensive line, that tasty delish offensive line from last year. It's a mess, right? Marpet retired. uh, Jensen's done. uh, the, The third guy who's out is escaping me right now. But when you lose that much of your interior line, your running game is definitely going to suffer. You're definitely going to have to start maneuvering it a little bit more outside. And I don't know, I'm not saying that that Fournette's going to lose touches to these guys. I just don't think he's going to be as effective um, knowing that uh, up the middle is going to be real, real rough for him. So, you know, I, I, as much as I love the sense of humor playoff Lenny, I think it's going to be slow going for him to be picking up yardage with that offensive line struggle.
3: That's a good valid point. Nick, what say you? Who takes round two?
2: Again, both compelling arguments, but I think I think they're gonna start to run the ball early in the season uh to offset what they don't know what they're gonna got with their passing game. So I'm gonna give this second round to Ian. All right, it's all
3: tied wow. up. Uno e Uno Mano y Mano. Here we go, round three. Josh jacobs oh he's always a fun one to talk about howard you're the champ tonight ian you're chump give me the champ howard argument for josh jacobs
5: okay again you know i could keep going back to systems matter over and over and over again uh, josh mcdaniels uh loves that erhart perkins system it's predicated on the power run uh they're gonna establish that run easily there for josh jacobs uh, nice and early in the season so I think he's going to see some some really rock solid volume in there um, and then on top of that I mean listen all the goal line touches are going his way Zamir White no Kenyon Drake no um, and how many times is Devonte Adams going to draw pass interference inside the end zone again and there's going to be Josh Jacobs just punching in one yard touchdown runs he might not be your savior for yardage But you're not drafting him as your RB1. You're drafting him as your RB2, possibly even flex, based on his ADP. And if you're telling me that here's a guy who's going to see decent yardage, decent carries, and then get those touchdown opportunities, sell me on some Josh Jacobs. I'm very happy with him. Not to mention the fact that they did not pick up his fifth-year option, so this dude is playing for a contract next year.
6: Boom. And tell me why he's a chump. The fifth-year option thing for me is a true toss-up. I'd be curious to hear everyone else's opinion, because on the one hand, I see what Howard's saying. Like, okay, this dude needs to play his ass off here. They didn't give him that. He needs a lot to play for. On the other hand, he's playing for the team that just said, we don't want you in 2023. Are they going to get the most out of him? Are they just going to run him into the dirt? Or do they not want him in 2023 so they have better ideas of people to give the ball to? The latest report I heard was Kenan Drake is looking like a good rusher receiver? He's one of the league's highest-paid backups, and there's also Zamir White, fourth-round back. I don't care that much about day three backs, but he's a guy there. Oh yeah, there's Brandon Bolden who came over from the Patriots with Josh McDaniels. He actually took all the receiving work last year away from Damon Harris and Andre Stevenson. There's also Amir Abdullah, another pass-catching running back, and all of a sudden, like this starts to remind you of the New England Patriots backfield, which is exactly what Josh McDaniels has made a living hell for all of us over the past ten years. I'm sorry guys it's now las vegas as well it's the patriots and the raiders It's going to be a three to four back committee of pure shit and hey maybe this year it is going to be a high scoring offense i do think Derek Carr is a lot better and people give him credit for Devontae, run for a waller a lot of weapons there if jacobs and i agree i think he is probably the favorite for the early down roll if he can get that maybe he can flirt with you know A 2020 Antonio Gibson-ish touch esque season, you know, a thousand, twelve hundred yards, ten plus touchdowns, something like that. But I don't know that he's even like one. Like you look at AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones or Tony Pollard and Zeke. If if one of those guys get hurt, the other guy's playing the whole game. I don't know that that's the case for Josh Jacobs. I think this is always going to be a committee because that's what McDaniel's always does. And then as, as soon as 2023 happens, who the hell knows? So Josh Jacobs, you know. Don't hate the player, hate the ADP. So there's always a right price uh, as it comes down to it. But I just think that, uh, you know, if anyone out there is still really treating him as a top 15, top 20 talent, I would be selling that.
3: Don't hate the argument, Nick. What say you, Howard? How are you on this one? Oh, I'm sorry, Ron and Nick. My bad. Nick, you're judging that. <laughs> right. My How bad. Howard wins. I where
5: we were. My bad. Howard wins. It's still greater right there. He's, it's actually eight points. Hey, it. points. But he well, got it. Lost where we, we were. Down, my Howard. bad. All right, Nick. It's actually funny.
2: Starting? It's actually funny because <laughs> on my dislike list it was Josh Jacobs because they didn't pick up the fifth year option because hey, we don't want you here anymore, but yet we have to pay you, so we're going to run you into the ground, and then and then. Off the La Vista, so it is. Ian gets the win for round three.
6: Howard, he's he's got his mind made up. He, we, he already knows who's going to win the whole thing. <laughs> this is a this is a futile Nick, endeavor. Nick, so
3: you know, he, Howard did make the argument for him like to to run. Okay, I see you're in dynasty. I get what you're saying. Okay, I, I was gonna
5: so, make I was gonna make you my plus one for, for <laughs> Gatorland, but now forget that. you mean, yes. you
3: mean, <laughs> you mean Nick is getting no invite to Gatorland, to say the least. All right, let's go on to round number four. And right now, Ian's up 2-1. So you need this one, Howard, to stay in the game. James Connor, Ian, you're going to give us the champ argument. Howard, you're going to give us the chump. Ian, you go first. Give us the champ for James Conner.
6: A lot of similar things, honestly, I just said about uh, Leonard Fournette. With James Conner, we have someone that was just given over $20 million to be the Cardinals feature back. And uh, I just had a study go up on PFF.com looking at what offenses actually give running backs workhorse roles these days. And in the year two thousand, nineteen 19 running backs had at least 300 touches. Last year, there were four. So, like, it's a completely different game. But – only five offenses have actually given their running back snap rates of 90% plus and like over 10% of those games. Just, just a fancy way of saying the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury are one of the few remaining offenses willing to feature a running back. Whether it's been David Johnson, uh, Stretches, Kenyon Drake, freaking uh, Chase Edmonds, and James Conner last year. He leaves them on the field the entire game, and that's why without Chase Edmonds last year, James Conner went RB1. RB 17, 7, 12, 2, and 1. And it's only six starts without him. So, yeah, it wasn't that pretty. He averaged 3.7 yards per carry. So did Alvin Kamara. And no one really cares. We only hold that against Saquon Barkley for averaging that much because he didn't get the touchdowns. But James Conner in an offense with Kylo Murray, who I know not everyone here may be the biggest fan of, but at the end of the day, it's still been an above-average scoring offense each of the last two seasons. And I just think James Conner, again, when – If we just took his – if we crossed off the players' names and we just looked at, like, the offense they're in, their projected workload, and what they're looking at seeing every single week, James Conner and Leonard Fournette, for me, would be two of the biggest risers. So, yeah, it might be more of a year one, year two thing, but I think that's kind of reflected in his dynasty price. Like, everyone kind of thinks of him as this injury-prone running back until he's not. And then last year happens, and he's a freaking upside RB1. So, I really think our ability to project workload and predict workload is better than our ability to predict injuries that's why james connor is a big value
3: yeah indeed all right nick who won that round no i'm just kidding all right howard give you me just the- to,
5: you just go to nick on that one <laughs> you, know, because you happen to make you happen to make the deciding factor uh james connor a player who i actually really like and feel like he's so underrated and you know and like the, the fact that people ignore him dynasty season you know, redraft, whatever, um, I'm just I'm a big fan of Connor. He can catch passes out of the backfield. How many times do we have to see that highlight of him like going up and snagging that pass like that? But he's a good solid runner between the tackles and he can take it to the outside. He's got enough speed for that. Um I, you know, I, I I just Ian, can I be your plus one at Gatorland? <laughs>
6: you, you and me, man. Let's do it.
5: <laughs> I'll All right, so
3: I mean Nick, Howard's making it hard for you over here for I mean he he's kind of not even making
2: the chump argument, but well, who do wins it? I, you know, I'm I'm gonna give it to him. What the hell? Howard <laughs> Howard, you get it. Let's let's just keep no, this tight.
3: Man, this is crazy. Like how let's does just, this happen? We got let's all just keep win- this tight. This happens every time we do this, Nick. How do we miss <laughs> a round five every time? I don't even understand how it works. All right, so let's go to our final round. All be all let's see who can duke it out and score the knockout blow. Cam Akers. We're gonna go to Howard first with the champ argument for Cam Akers.
5: Okay, all right. Listen, you know, I'm I'm a big fan. Listen, Cam Akers is a rock solid running back. He really is. Um, you know, he can he can, you know take it between the tackles. He can even catch some passes. It's not like his absolute forte. And they've got, you know, Daryl Henderson there. But, you know, what I love about Akers here is what Liam Cohen wants to do with this offense. Now that Kevin O'Connell's gone, yes, it's Sean McVay's team. And yes, Sean McVay can be very pass happy. But, you know, a lot of what we saw last year, the Rams lined up wide zone on a regular basis. Right. And they felt comfortable with the fact that once somebody came, you know, once once they took off the the outside, you know, you still had Stafford who was, you know, clean with his passes, the short, you know, West Coast style passing. Uh, and that helped. But when all of a sudden they would, you know, take away the outside, they'd fade back into a little bit more coverage. What did the Rams end up doing? All of a sudden Sony Michelle became a factor. The inside zone running really started to explode late in the season for the Rams. Forget about what you saw out of Cam Akers. He came back early. I didn't think that he was, you know, healthy enough for it. He did what he did. He didn't look great. Now that he's like completely healthy. And now what you've got is Liam Cohen. He wants to keep this offense much more balanced. He wants to do a lot more inside running uh, with Cam Akers. So uh, my feeling about it is, is that if you've got an offensive coordinator who's looking to balance out the offense a little bit more, you've got a bell cow carrier like, cam acres you know with the fact that the defenses know that they can't just stack the box because they've got to play the pass because you're worried about where cooper cup is i think we see a lot of from cam acres what you kind of got a glimpse of from sony michelle last year only you're going to get it better this time around
3: all right ian for gatorland tickets and for the title <laughs> of champs and chumps for 2022 give me a chump argument For your boy Cam Akers.
6: Look, as someone that traded for Cam Akers, that's like a part of a package deal on a dynasty trade. After he tore his Achilles last year, I'm thrilled that he's back up to the RB 14 and ADP. I just think it's madness. I mean, it's an amazing story that he came back, and I don't think he he did some things as a receiver. And Howard's point, I think he can work across all three all three downs. So. It's not the archetype I hate, but guys, he wasn't just bad during his time out there last year. Like he was arguably the league's worst running back 2.4 yards per carry, literally dead last among 79 running backs with at least 50 carries like yards after contact 2.3. He wasn't forcing missed tackles. Daryl Henderson was by all accounts, a much better player throughout the entire season. And accordingly, when he got help healthy in the Super Bowl, he came back in, he pretty much took all the pass down work. So for me, Acres right now, being the RB14 and Dynasty, that's so aggressive for someone that we hope comes back from the Achilles injury. We hope can be the workhorse in this backfield that yeah, we've seen McVeigh give off but we've also seen those workhorses come and go like it was nothing. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Todd Gurley was on top of the world and then it was going to be Daryl Henderson on the top of everything and Sonny Michelle for a little bit of stretch last year. So while Akers, again, there's a pathway there. He's still only 23 years old. You know, who's going to be the next day two running back that Sean McVeigh falls in love with? And I do wonder Sean McVay is a smart guy at some point doesn't he get that the answer in the year 2022 is probably embracing a committee he hasn't so far but i do think you know we can't always assume rational coaching guys but i do think sooner or later sean McVay is going to realize maybe just maybe from that fifth round pick on Kyron williams where the foot thing we need to figure it out but Getting a pass down specialist like that, it just leads me to believe that Sean McVay could be on the verge of actually, you know, going more pass first, multi committee backfield. And unfortunately, that's not going to be great for Cam Akers.
3: Nick, you the man tonight, you the judge who scored the first knockout of 2022.
2: Yeah, I'm just I'm just not a big buyer of caremakers. makers. I mean, Achilles injuries—you just those are things you just rarely ever come back for. And and he was pretty pitiful last year whenever he did run the ball. So, uh, Ian, I'm going to give you the win this night. Um, but hey, Howard, you give up very, very compelling arguments. You just didn't mail it in. But and Nick, I, and you I appreciate
5: you hated you hated Acres right from the start, man. Come on, that's that's we're, BS, man. We're going, I,
2: we're going to get We're going to I afforded you,
5: I afforded you the opportunity
2: me? to sway my position, but you failed. Nope. So oh, therefore, I gave
5: you sway your position. You hey, by your the way, bug in the mud like that, Nick. What are you talking about? Real
6: quick, I see that Leroy Butler up there. I do a radio hit with Leroy Butler during the <laughs> season every Thursday. I love that man, inventor of the Lambo leap. That dude is an OG. Get that Leroy Butler jersey. That's
3: yeah, absolutely. all they have. Can ha- I take...
5: Nick from here? Can I get it by the neck?
3: <laughs> Ian, thank you that? for that. Great segue. Hit the subscribe button, guys. That's all you got to do to win that jersey. He left it for us. He came. He visited us. He left it for us, and we're giving it to you. Man. Hey, Ian! Congratulations, my friend. You are tonight's winner to Gatorland. Two tickets to Gatorland, Orlando. And unfortunately tonight, Howard, you are tonight's loser. Well
4: so you get nothing. You
5: lose. Good day, sir.
3: If Nick was an insult enough, <laughs>
5: No, That's, no, no, no! Seriously, like you guys just just served me with my absolute favorite moment in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory too. So hey, we gotta, got it so, all. So now I got to thank Nick because that was actually pretty good. Was that James Vanderbeek pointing at me from a, 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 a yes, that was the
2: there.
3: Yes, in fact, it was. Yeah, we we got it <laughs> all
5: for you to say the
3: least. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We know we're we're going a little late, so we'll take a quick break. We come back, we'll wrap it up. We'll talk about
0: You really can sell to anyone, from anywhere.
1: This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Hi, I'm Maria.
6: And I'm Mike. And we're Team team ready. Ready.
1: Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready.
6: It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to
1: stay safe during extreme weather.
0: Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.
3: Hey, everyone. It's Commissioner Cooper from TSS Fantasy. Want to give your own fantasy league that extra professional touch? Say less, we got you. TSS was based off a show that we did on our own fantasy league. Mike, night, 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 sorry. And now possible for you. you're on your way. <laughs> now we wanna bring that professional, fun, and creative side to your fantasy league. And you can do it for as low as $5 extra per owner. Oh my. I will guarantee it will increase your interactions within the league, create more fun, friendly banter, and give your league that extra real life feel that you didn't know it needed. Look forward to interacting with you and your league soon. Don't forget TSSFantasy.com. Go visit it today. Get signed up. We are the fantasy show of the people. All right, we're back. We're talking about receivers. Ian brought it up earlier. I mean, this is what he wanted to target is one of his strategies, something you want to go after early and often are the receivers here. So let's go into it. We're going to go roundtable again. Let's talk again about guys that we love. Ian, we'll start with you. Give me a guy that you're absolutely in love with.
6: cost i'm gonna go with uh Kadarius tony i still think he's someone that's catching up to not really being liked initially every year there seems to be one of these you know first or second round wide receivers that we didn't really expect it was Jahan dotson this year where it's not that people are out on them but they go higher than we expected and Becomes a negative for some messed up reason when instead we should kind of value the organization, appreciating that guy. And in Tony's case, man, just watching him play last year, not just the Cowboys game, but the Saints game, the early parts of that Rams game, man. Like this dude was moving on the field differently. And when it was all said and done, top five among rookie wide receivers in yards per route run over the last five years, only behind AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Juju Smith-Schuster. So at least for three out of those four, pretty damn good. And Juju had himself a couple of damn good days as well. So for me, uh, looking at Kadarius Tony right now, still going firmly in that wide receiver four range. He looks a lot like Brian Dable and Daniel Jones wide receiver one. And yeah, I know Daniel Jones sucks, but at this point the Giants wide receiver one is one of the cheapest wide receiver ones in all of fantasy. And to Jones' credit, 24 touchdowns in 13 games as a rookie. The clapper, Jason Garrett, comes to town. He's only had 21 in 25 games since so if anyone's gonna get the most out of daniel jones i would like it to be the guy that even before josh allen became a world beater josh allen was a good fantasy football quarterback and brian dable was a big reason why
3: yeah and that defense still hasn't made a lot of improvements so good fantasy wise you should see a lot of throwing from this giants team to get them back into ball games howard what say you my friend Give me may guy you're in love with
5: the guy i'm in love with is big mike williams you know i know i'm not digging too deep here but you know, I, listen, Mike came out like a house of fire last year. It all kind of fizzled, you know, down the stretch, right, when he had five touchdowns in his first four games or something like that or six touchdowns in his first five. Um, You know, I think that, you know, the the Chargers developing, you know, another year in this system, Joe Lombardi is the offensive coordinator. You know, he brought over the the, the scheme that they used with the Saints, right, and you force feed. Uh, targets to that ex receiver, and that's Mike Williams. You know, listen, had a great season last year. I think he can go uh, even better because now what you're doing is, you know, you know, Keenan Allen is a, he's a, he's a nice security blanket, but you're opening things up a lot more for Justin Herbert. Uh, and I think that you know you're starting to see a little bit more of a uh, you know of a of a look towards Mike Williams as opposed to the security blanket in Keenan Allen. I think that you know Mike Williams is a guy who I just I keep getting lots of shares up over and over.
3: Nice, Justin. I think you're finally back, so let's get you in here. Give me a guy that you love as a receiver.
2: Yeah, I'm back from Wi-Fi purgatory. I had to reset a couple things, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, guy, guy I love is uh, oh too
3: loud. <laughs> <okay>. Keep going. <laughs> Keep it going.
5: Uh, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. Love Elijah Moore. Just,
2: just go to someone else. Go to someone else and I'm messing it up. That's
3: all right. You're doing fine. All right. He loves Elijah Moore, although I don't. I hate him. Um, Nick, give me, give me some of you
2: like. Oh, I'm going to dig deep in the barrel tonight. I'm going to go with Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going to be, uh, ironically, I think he's going to be Tom Brady's security blanket this season, even though he's one of the most prolific receivers in the league. I, the reason why I say that is, is because he's had so much change around him. He doesn't have – I don't think he's going to have much chemistry with, with Russell Gage yet. Julio Jones just got there. We don't know when Mike Godwin's coming back. Gronk isn't there. So it's it's got to be Mike Evans. And plus that Mike Evans, I think he. I think the record is what – he scored a touchdown every home game. So he's, they're just, they're just going to keep it going. TSS, we
3: love to dig deep for you. All right, let's go to guys that – Oh, he's ready.
2: Justin's ready. Justin's oh, ready. Yeah. Sure. Go ahead, Justin. You- Elijah Moore, from week 8 to week 13, was the wide receiver 2. In that span, if he had kept up with that average, he would have ended up wide receiver 4 on the year. Who's Love that value. And with Garrett Wilson there now, you have somebody who can take away on the deep threat. You can stick him in the slot, you can make him your check down valve for um, Zach Wilson. You can interchange him on the outside as well. This kid is going wide receiver 21 right now. I think he's easily going to be a wide receiver one in the next two years.
3: All right, good take indeed. The next take, Justin, I'll just have you whisper. All right, we're going on to guys that we don't like. Ian, we'll start with you, sir. Give me a guy that you don't like.
6: I think Jerry Judy is a uh, pretty consensus still upside wide receiver two. Last night I saw wide receiver 21 ADP is a little bit rich for my liking. I just... You know, I've seen the wide receiver quarterback one-on-one highlights. I do think he's a great route runner, but it's not like he's been in this offense and nothing else has been happening. I mean, Tim Patrick has 11 receiving touchdowns over the past two seasons. That's as many as the rest of the Broncos wide receivers have combined. And okay, give Cortland Sutton a break. He He didn't even play in 2020. But, you know, it's one of those things where they go, oh, what happens when Jerry Judy gets a quarterback? Why has Tim Patrick been doing his thing the whole time? Why was Teddy Bridgewater able to produce three top 25 wide receivers in Carolina and then go to Denver and have zero. So I just think we're making a lot of excuses for the guy and hey, it's one of these situations where I do think Jerry Judy is a a great player and I want access to this Denver Broncos offense with Russell Wilson there, but paying a premium for a guy that could very easily be the number three. If not, I mean number four with KJ Hamler now off the pup and everything. I just think you're paying a steep price for a guy that arguably, you know, we've never seen produced at this rate before. So under George Patton, the Broncos new GM, he has extended Cortland Sutton with a four-year sixty million dollar deal. And he gave Tim Patrick a three-year thirty-four million dollar deal. That was a different organization entirely that drafted Jerry Judy in the first round. And again. He's a great player, but I think there's multiple great players in this Denver Broncos wide receivers room. He's the one being priced at his ceiling instead of his floor.
3: Yeah, that was what we talked about when we did this. Seattle. Yeah, it was like who was going to make that connection with Russell Wilson. That's really going to be the big key um, going forward for say at least. Uh, Howard, let's go to you, sir. Give me – and I, I said Seattle. My bad. I still got him in Seattle. When we did the Denver <laughs> show. My bad. Howard, what say you, sir? Give me a guy you don't like.
5: Well, I mean, I, I, I like him a little – I hate him a little less now <clears> – <throat> That we know that Deshaun Watson's only getting the six games, but Amari Cooper, uh, the way he's being drafted right now, as if you know he's going to be a wide receiver. Well, he still has Jacoby Brissett thrown to him for the first six weeks. That's going to be a problem. Like I mean, he's just he's not going to see the targets that he wants. Uh, you know, it, you know, for at least to to start it off, and they're not going to force feed him targets. I see a lot of rushing work happening there early on in the season. If you want to trade for him, if you want to do him as a buy low, like come like week four, week five, like all of a sudden you know that Watson's going to be taken over in week seven. You could buy Amari Cooper, but it is price tag right now still, just knowing that it's just not going to be all lollipops, rainbows, and sunshine for the first six games. Uh, I'm out.
3: Indeed. Nick, what say you, sir? Give me a guy you don't like
2: guy i don't like is darnell mooney uh
3: he's
5: say howard bender but okay
2: (laughs) he's number two on my list um and i'm gonna treat him like number two here in a minute now uh, (laughs) darnell mooney i he he's a home run or or strikeout he's in a terrible offense uh he's he's playing for Justin Fields, I really feel for Justin Fields because Justin Fields is a really good quarterback. He's just in a terrible system behind a terrible off- offensive line. They just hired a defensive coach when the whole league is going offense, and they, you know, there's always one team that thinks that they're, that they're the smartest team in the room, and they're not. So, uh, and he's the only option that they have. Him and Cole Komet. and Cole Komet, you're not, you're not going to see on on 80 yard bombs. So, darn, for that reason, Darnell Mooney is on my dislike list. All right. Well, let's close it out. We'll talk about
3: sleepers with receivers guys that are, you know, way down at the bottom. We're not quite talking about Ian to earlier. There's always that one guy that pops out of nowhere. And tell us who that guy is this year.
6: I got two quick ones, both in the wide receiver five range. Jahan Dotson. Last I saw wide receiver 49 and Rondale Moore wide receiver 55 and uh, Dotson's case. You know, a lot of things I said about Kadarius Tony, he goes off the board 16th overall pick in the draft and pretty much set up to be the number two wide receiver from day one. And you know, the talent profile and stuff like at the end of the day, guys, like if Washington thinks he's the 16th best player in the entire draft, I think that should mean more than necessarily what we think about the guy. So, so just to see him, this discounted, like every other wide receiver that was drafted in the first round in this draft is going rounds ahead of the guy. I like taking a shot at Jahan Dotson, who, you know, I watched him at Penn State. I think the guy can do way more than just be his early slot maven. So like, that's not even getting into what I think he brings as a player, just purely too cheap based on the situation and the draft capital. Like, yeah, year one Carson Wentz isn't great, but what we talked about before in Dynasty, like, don't be afraid. Play a long game at wide receiver this year's Carson Wentz who knows who it could be next season and then but Rondale constant drumbeat shout out to uh, Sigmund Bloom over a football guys true goat of the fantasy industry but he's talked about this like we can't take one random piece of you know Thing that a coach says, you know, on August 1st or July 2nd or March 31st. like. But if we hear him saying the same thing throughout the entire offseason, that starts to weigh a little bit more heavily with me. And ever since Christian Kirk was out of the picture here, Cliff Kingsbury has been saying that is now going to be Rondale. And he didn't really say that last year when he drafted him. He said, we have DeAndre, we have AJ and Rondale's in the mix with the other guys. And we were like, well, he can't be serious about AJ Green being ahead of Rondale more, but he was. But to be fair, he was upfront about that. So for me, Rondale Moore is going to slide in as the slot receiver, and it just makes more sense that Marquise Brown is going to take the A.J. Green, Antoine Wesley role on the outside, opposite of DeAndre Hopkins when he comes back. Attached to Kyler Murray, I think Rondale Moore still has a chance to be Kyler Murray's long-term starting slot receiver, and that's going to be awfully valuable in full PPR format. So, again, it's one of these things where, like, He's wide receiver fifty five right now after a rookie season where he still flashed a little bit, but he was behind the depth chart, behind some pretty good players. So, Jahan Dotson, Rondale Moore, don't be had to, don't be afraid to buy them at what I really consider their floor.
3: Yeah, great dynasty buys indeed, uh, especially sleeper wise. I love Jahan Dotson. Well, um, you mentioned Carson Wentz, and again, hate to go back to defense, but this Washington defense was non-existent last year. Carson Wentz may have to throw the ball again a little more. You already got Terry Scary on the side of the football, so like Jahan Dotson a lot. Howard, what say you, sir? Give me the sleeper that
0: you got for this year.
5: Well, I don't know how much of a sleeper he's really gonna be. I'm curious as to see if his ADP climbs with the news about Watson. But David Bell's a guy who you know has just fallen to the very you know to the bottom of drafts. Um, you know, and even in dynasty, he was being taken extremely late. Uh, this is a guy you're playing the long game, right? You want down the road here. So second half of the season, it's going to start for, uh, for David Bell and to go beyond. But one guy who Ian mentioned actually really early on in the show, um, who I think is going to be completely overlooked in dynasty because he's not a youngster is Jarvis Landry in uh, in new Orleans. I think Landry clean route runner. Great out of the slot. I think he's got very reliable hands. I think he and Winston are going to be a a nice pair. It's going to help move the chain. It's going to be PPR, uh, really strong for PPR formats there. Um, And I just think that that Landry, because of his age, is just being completely overlooked. So um, that's a guy you're going to be able to grab late as well.
0: There.
3: Jester, you're finally back. What say you, friend? Give me your sleeper for this year, receiver.
4: Lazard, uh, definitely, definitely going to be Lazard from the Packers. Um, there's nothing left over there, but I really like what Aaron Rodgers said. He said he is definitely going to step into the number one role. If your quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, says that, we know he's going to throw the ball to Alan Lazard. Uh, I would definitely pick that combination if I could. I don't, you know, I don't care how old they are, I'm picking them.
3: Well, we do have the famous – well, not famous, the infamous of the three people that listen to the show. No, just kidding. But uh, the clip from Leroy Butler who said – basically said, listen, if Aaron Rodgers is mentioning his name, you better listen and pick the guy up. And there's a guy he's bringing – he's mentioning – So maybe a guy you want to bring up indeed. All right, well, let's go real quick because the tight end position basically is a barren wasteland. We kind of know what's up. It's a few guys, and that's pretty much it. So we'll just go real quick and close it out. Ian, give me a guy. Um, You know, there's always that one guy that breaks out during the tight end season. Give me one guy you think is that candidate this year.
6: Uh, I I think a popular trending name and that's how I I thought that David Bell was a good call. I think David Njoku is also a similarly good call. I mean, look, don't look too far in Cleveland Browns history to find last time they paid a tight end a lot of money and didn't feature him. With that said, David Njoku, I mean, he's still what 2425 like it tight end is pretty normal for guys not to break out in their first few years in the league and I think when you start looking at you know his spark score and you go to go playerprofiler.com and see that Travis Kelsey comp and you know really with Njoku just having honestly like you could have a tight end that was half as good as David Njoku if they had Deshaun Watson throwing them the football for the next 10 years I'd be pretty confident in them putting up big numbers so tight end 18 awfully affordable and then just real quick don't sleep on Gerald Everett doing something pretty nice over this next season or two I mean if we are are looking for this year's Dawson Knox or the 2022 version of Robert Tunyon in 2020, who can get 10 touchdowns and 70 or 80 targets. I do think Everett is a contender. I mean, Jared Cook had 85 targets last season, and they just gave Everett about double uh, the amount guaranteed money that they ever gave Jared Cook. Betting on Gerald Everett is betting on Justin Herbert, and when the dude's free in dynasty land, I'm fine making that bet.
3: Howard, give me the guy that's out there sleeping on and We're sleeping on if unless Ian just took him from you.
5: You know what? I, he took my like and he took my sleeper right there. I mean, I cannot argue with either one of those calls. Everett, I love sneaking him late in drafts. Right, good. I mean, even what's he gonna get? He gets you say six hundred yards and and six touchdowns. If that's the it. case for what you're paying for him, it's it's insane. And then Najoku call is is top notch. Both my guys right there because Najoku's a guy who. Jacoby Brissett's going to target the tight end early, and that's going to favor him. He's going to lean on the tight end. So Najoku's the one Browns pass catcher who probably benefits, you know, or does great throughout the entire season as far as that work goes. So um, Ian Hart, everybody, come on. Howard, you could say. Teamwork,
6: Howard, teamwork.
5: Howard, We're going to say, Gatorland. Let's go,
6: baby.
3: Ian, you, I mean, Howard, you could say, kind of like in <laughs> Champs or Chumps, Ian beat you to the punch. But I'm um, being all right, let's go to the TSS crew real quick, guys, just real quickly, give me the guy you think's going to break out this year. that's a sleeper. Nick, what say you?
2: Albert <laughs> I like him from uh, out of out of denver i uh, now they got Noah fan out of there, I, I think he's going to step in that starting role and I, and I think he's going to have a breakout year. Justin by what tight end there? standards. can you hear me? Yes can you hear me Yes. All right. Georgia, can hear you. Okay. Cool, cool. Cole
3: <laughs> Okay, thank you Alright, Fred, give me the guy <laughs> Give me the guy you think is going to break out this year That no one's really talking about
4: Let, Let's just continue talking about these New York Jets We're going to uh, go with Brees Hall Listen, I was reading today You said tight Hall. end, you jacked hard Oh, <laughs> tight end, my bad I thought you said running backs Hey, my bad. You met
2: Tyler Conklin.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I'm going to go with uh, Hurst. Uh, obviously, there's nobody left in Cincinnati. Uh, CJ Uzmanzada's gone. Um, I think, Jer- you know, we all know Joe Buggerman pass to the wide receivers, all that good stuff. But I was think a, Hurst... is
2: a jet, by the way. I just said that. Okay. Said, <laughs> okay, I said he He said left. he's gone. Yeah, he's okay. gone. He's a jet.
4: Okay. Yeah, but I'm going to go with Adrian Hurst. I think he puts up a big... big uh, not a big year, but a better year. I, and I think he's going to get most of the end zone touchdowns.
3: Well, that was the guy I was going to mention, actually, just because, I mean, you looked at last year, look at the production CJ Uzma had uh, a couple of weeks. He was almost number one or might have even been number one tight end overall. Um, so Hayden Hurst definitely could benefit, be the big benefactor after that as CJ Uzma's. is, you know, he's kind of pedestrian and he's with your garbage jets. All righty. Yeah. Now, listen, what's really exciting is this week, we're going to implement our strategies We're going to implement the guys. We're going to do a mock draft all week. And then on Friday, we got a special panel coming, and we're going to analyze our draft and kind of give ourselves some draft scores. So I hope you guys enjoyed this little lesson today. Let's go to Ian first. Again, appreciate you guys coming in and sharing your great knowledge. Let everyone know where they can subscribe, follow, and get all your great content, sir.
6: PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Myself, Jordan McFarlane, giving you usually, you know, four to six episodes per week i don't know we talked about everything we need to talk about had a great team preview series going throughout june into early into early july so if you're still looking just to catch up on everything that's a great way otherwise we got new shit coming out too so appreciate you guys having me on fun time howard look forward to seeing you in gatorland man
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, who's right. gonna I just want to know who's gonna feed the chickens? All right, Howard, what say you, my friend? Or I'm sorry, feed the chickens to the gators, my bad. What say you, my friend? Let everyone know where they can subscribe, follow, and find all your great stuff, sir. All
5: right. You can hit me up on Twitter at Roto Buzz Guy. Um, you can find me all over the pages at fantasyalarm.com and you can hear me uh on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Channel 87, Monday through Friday, six to eight PM Eastern. Oh, you can also find me in the New York Post, too, every weekend. So that about covers it. Right.
3: Well, don't tell anyone about the Post or XM Radio about your award tonight because we'll, they'll be certainly looking at us <laughs> in a negative light, to say the least. <laughs> no, we do appreciate your time. Appreciate you having some fun with us tonight. And I hope to have you on again on Friday as we reanalyze. We'll have some – I got a game set up on Friday, too, so don't worry. You're going to get a chance to redeem yourself and come back on.
5: All right, do guys. I to, do I get to fight Nick?
3: May, you know what? Maybe, maybe we'll you know, we we'll put Nick on the opposite team. I think that's fair. I think I like that.
5: Right. <laughs> All right, you and me, You and me, bouncy castle, inflatable sumo suits, two out of three falls, no holds barred. Watch Jeez. out. We might, we, might oh, like we might
2: have
3: to. We that. We to make that happen. I'll have to get. That's harder than you know. it looks.
2: I like that. I like that. <laughs>
3: Indeed. Thank well, you so coming? much, guys. Yeah, well, no, we appreciate you, Howard. If you try that down here in Florida, I don't think you guys will make it past 30
2: seconds. <laughs> We're be losing not. about 30 pounds of sweat. Well, hey, I'm out
3: here. Like I said, wife's got me out here in the garage, and I'm about to lose about 50 pounds. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you guys. Again, hope you learned a lot. Again, we'll mock draft this week, and we'll grade our stuff. We appreciate you all, and we are out. We're on a mission of Mish
6: We're on a mission of Mishgai. We're on a mission
4: we're on a mission <laughs> on this guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what it is
5: <laughs> lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
1: lucky in line at the deli i guess i in my dentist's office